Welcome to another edition of our weekly Friday market update. Every Friday at 12 o'clock Pacific time, I go over the latest headline articles of the week. I go over any sort of activities, potential closings that I have done for this week. And I go over the data itself so that we can explore together what is actually happening week by week with the local Bay Area real estate market. First and foremost, we're going to get going because we got some big news. Uh, Facebook is getting into the real estate business. Actually, for those that have been watching this show for some time now, uh, they've already actually knew about this. So this is not new news for a lot of people, but it is now big public news. Um, for those that know, Men uh, Facebook has a massive campus around Menlo Park. However, Willow Village is going to be transformed altogether around that area. And so their goal is going to be actually somewhat similar to what Google is doing around downtown San Jose. We're going to see these amazing and interesting projects where there's going to be they're going to actually be developing and working with other groups to build a lot of housing, affordable units, along with a lot more space itself. It's going to be absolutely incredible to see as this gets developed. At the same time, it's going to be calling for a new 1.25 million square foot of space. Now you tell me, if you were a company or you were a business and you were not bullish about the ability to work in the office, would you be creating a 1.25 million square foot office space? The answer is no. Uh, and in general, to give you an idea, most office space usage uh, they kind of have it about 200 square foot per employee. That number actually had dropped a lot pre-COVID because there was a lot of people that want to maximize the space uh, altogether. But as you can see, just do that math. Let's do it real quick for you. So if you had 1.25 million square feet and it's about 200 uh, square feet per person, that's going to be housing another 6,200 employees within that campus. That's quite a bit of uh, space for a lot of, uh, for, for most companies. At the same time, they're gonna be creating apartments and just a communal environment there. So it's really interesting to see. And they're also creating senior housing. I think this is their big play of just trying to help Menlo Park altogether and be a partner of the community. Because why would a tech company build up affordable units and senior housing uh, if they, they didn't want to basically give back. Now, maybe there's some kind of political things with working with the city, of course, of, hey, look, we're going to be doing this kind of density or this kind of project in exchange. We're going to create a lot of housing. We're going to do affordable units. I'm sure there is some of that behind the scenes. But either way, the fact that they're able to do it while some other companies are just being, you know, are just fleeing the, the area, uh, it shows a pretty good sign and pretty big developments about these major tech companies settling down their roots. If you look at the video last week, you would have saw LinkedIn bought the building in the land that they're on right now of their Sunnyvale headquarters. So big tech is going nowhere. They will continue to expand locally. They will continue to expand in other markets, um, but they're just doing very well and they will continue to do very well. Now, big tech knows there's a housing crisis. Apple and Amazon donate millions of dollars to affordable housing where they operate. This is no new news. Apple has been donating hundreds of millions, if not now in this case, a billion dollars into affordable housing uh, in California, mainly for these areas. 
because they're not foolish of this, but they're, what's interesting is they're also culprits of this. So it's kind of a mixed thing. Think about the Bay Area. Think about where all the companies are based. Now, on one end, it's very uh, notable for them to give the money out to help build more housing along the area. So in this case, spending a billion dollars. But think about how much these campuses actually cost. Like, look up how much the spaceship costs. Look up how much these buildings cost. And look how much they're spending on that. What kind of is an interesting thing is they could actually have alleviated a lot of these housing constraints if they built in cheaper areas in even other parts of the Bay Area, right? Think about uh, like the Dublin area. If they actually expanded a campus out there, that would almost solve the issue altogether because then the traffic can come from like Tracy, Mountain House, and even further out. There's tons of land out there. But it's really interesting to see they're not building out there for a reason. They understand the corporate campus environment. They understand where the top talent is. So is it a political thing? The answer is yes. Definitely it's a political thing. At the same time, do they really are investing in um, wanting people to truly uh, be able to afford, quote unquote, near them? I don't think so because they wouldn't be doing what this is if that was the case. They can easily expand to the East Bay. Their costs will be significantly lower. But the always biggest challenge for me coming from the corporate real estate world is there is no talent there for a lot of people. So they've always been building on the peninsula, always been building on in around Mountain View, Sunnyvale, Cupertino area, always been having the hub in, in San Francisco. There's a reason why they're not in the East Bay. And so it's a really interesting to see, right? They're, they're on one end giving money for affordable housing. But if they really want to solve this, they can easily just go to the East Bay and that would actually solve a big part of everything. It'll solve it'll help with traffic a lot. It'll solve with everything because as you can see, a big part of the Bay Area real estate market is all about location of jobs. They all flow the same way. Big tech is all this in all the same areas, right? So everybody flows in one pattern. And so if they were really that serious of truly affordable housing, they may just expand and have an office in Dublin, Pleasanton, that area. There's no shortage of land there, but they're not doing it. So uh, until that changes, I don't think they are really uh, that serious about what is going on. Um, but it is what it is. Uh, this is just what I see from the data perspective. So this is a bit, this is some news, right? So there's been always all this commotion in the past. And now you're actually going to see a lot more articles coming by. Older tech workers may be leaving San Francisco. It's always been the case. Like, this is ridiculous. I mean, think about your, your cohort that's living in San Francisco. How many people have families? It's not necessarily the best place for families, right? And so, yeah, if you if you reach a certain age or different uh, time of your life, there will be different. It just you're not going to be there anymore. San Francisco was always that way. I don't even know if it was really tech related uh, as, as well. So it's kind of funny of this uh, comment. But the benefit as well is that there's still a lot of young and hungry individuals, new startups, new companies that are clearly coming back. I mean, I think there's a combination of just that ecosystem is very very difficult to break. Nor do people want to risk that, right? Either a combination of partnerships combination of opportunities, you know, there, and especially now like rent has dropped 
you know, 20 to 30% from last year, you know, you would argue now is uh, kind of an interesting time for those that are, that didn't have the opportunity to live in the city to be there again. So we see that happening across the board. People are clearly buying condos, clearly buying houses in San Francisco. But for those that are young and hungry, they are already coming back to even rent or be in the area. Um, but it's funny to see that. Um, and as I mentioned, because of some of these other things, it's actually even more attractive to, to a lot of people outside of the Bay Area than ever before. Uh, last but not least, I want to highlight this because, um, you know, I think it's, 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 it's certainly very cool. And I, I do want people to that are in the Bay Area to not be so sheltered about a specific place. Go out and check out some of these areas because you will be pleasantly, pleasantly surprised. So one of the things here, popular Bay Area restaurateurs are flocking to an unexpected city, Walnut Creek. Walnut Creek is actually absolutely gorgeous of their downtown strip area. There's a lot of new restaurants, very spacious restaurants, and everything is pretty much modern and updated. So for those that want almost like a weekend getaway, there's good shopping nearby there. It's plenty of street parking. It's very clean. Um, Walnut Creek, you should probably drop by for a weekend to check it out. Just because it's a little bit further, spend the, spend the day out there, go do some shopping there, check out their restaurants. It's really, really cool. They even have a rooftop bar. It's not really a rooftop. It's like a I mean, it's kind of a rooftop. I mean, but it's only like three stories high. I think it's not like it's not crazy tall of like San Francisco or New York, but it is really cool. So they do have these uh, setups and there's a lot of restaurants that flock there. It goes with a combination of things. It's a combination of there's a lot of um, a lot of families out there. The income is, is certainly very high there. You're not going to find a shortage like Trader Joe's or Whole Foods out there. There's plenty of space. It's very clean. Uh, lots of open parking, and they just have an initiative to want to uh, transform the area. So uh, all of those all together brings up like a great opportunity for people to uh, expand and, and build out there. So I would certainly suggest people, if you haven't, especially if you haven't in the last year or two, make a trip out there. Tell me what your favorite restaurant is out there if you live there, or if you go out there, uh, leave it in the comments below. Love to hear from it. Um, but it's really, really cool. I, I think that's the beauty of the Bay Area. As you kind of go out of your little bubble, whether it's San Francisco, South Bay, East Bay, whatever it is, there are really, really cool spots all around for people to explore and check out. Um, so I highly encourage you to do that. Walnut Creek is a great spot for uh, dining and just even outdoors. They have a big outdoor kind of like a shopping mall setup, which is really, really cool. Now, only caveat is it does get a whole lot hotter out there. So make sure you bring a big hat, sunscreen, and maybe an umbrella. That's the only downside. But um, outside of that, it's, it's it's a great, great spot. Okay, let's talk about the data itself. San Mateo County, what is going on with the county? Take a look at this. This week, a lot of new listings. 231 new homes have hit the market this week. I actually have... A listing coming up very soon in Redwood City that will be on the market this upcoming week. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, if you know anybody that's looking for a single family house, it's going to be really, 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 really good. All right, let's take a look at prices. So what has been going on in San Mateo County? We can see we're already halfway through the month, right? And you can see where prices have been. 
prices have continued to increase, but it's been much calmer. I suspect this is going to be the case for the rest of the summer. I don't think we're going to see as, as much of that jump as we have before. I think they'll be relatively flat, which is good for a lot of people um, because then the appraiser risk, appraisal risk is certainly dropped and declined. At the same time, it's a little bit more manageable for people to know where they can win. So if anybody that is watching this has been on the fence or about to be off the fence and giving up, don't give up. At the end of the day, things go uh, not necessarily up and down. They go, uh, they go hot and a little bit cooler, um, but it's a lot more predictable. So as long as you look at the data as I do in terms of what other homes have sold for, things are a lot more predictable, as you can see, as long as it has sold in the June timeframe. Obviously, if you're comparing to homes that sold in the April-May timeframe, you need to put in that buffer, which is easily another 10% buffer, right, to be able to accommodate what it will likely be for the July-June figures. However, the story is actually interesting, not happening for the same for, 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 for condos and townhomes. It had a modest little decline. Now, it is higher than it was you know, in the December, January timeframe, but year, year over year, pretty predictable. So I think out of all the value opportunities right now, this is a very interesting value play in my opinion. So if you were looking for a condos and townhome uh, or as an investment, I think this is a very interesting play versus what you have seen with the others. That's my small bet at the moment. Let's take a look at, at Santa Clara Residential. So Santa Clara Residential uh, in the last, this upcoming, this week, look at the amount, 610, way more, way, way, way more than the previous four weeks. So we have tons of new listings, tons of available options that you have to choose from. You can see though, interesting change. Santa Clara County Residential, single family prices have actually declined in July. Uh, so this is actually a reversal. We will see how this plays out. My guess is that it will creep up a little bit. So I think you may see either a, a plateau or a small decline as of right now. We will see what happens as we finish the, the year. But it, it does seem to have been slowing down. So once again, for those that have been on the fence or have given up, this may be an opportunity to get in before, um, you know, whether things rebound potentially for the fall season. Now you can see condos and townhomes, similar thing. When you saw last week, it looked like it was actually being higher. So now it's actually already lower than it was in June. Now it's still about the same levels of May, if not a little bit higher. I suspect this will inch up a little bit, but I wouldn't say you're going to have anything too crazy. So something to mind, be mindful of, of Santa Clara County. Take a look at Alameda County. Wow. Alameda County continues to do well. Uh, it, look at the July figures. It's going to be, it, it's already higher than it is in the June, May, and April figures. Now you saw a plateau uh, somewhat in April, May, and June, and now you see that pick up again. I mean, Alameda does not fail to impress me in terms of their opportunities and in terms of their growth. It has always been a, an area which has had a better price per square foot in those previous two counties that we just saw. And as you can see, it is playing out that way. So it continues to do well. Same with uh, residential. This continues to climb. You saw the other effects. This continues to climb. Now, it has a lot to do with the price. As you can see, the median price for a condo and townhome is about $750,000. 
when you compare it to the others, like San Mateo County, you're at about 950. And then Santa Clara County, you're at about, you know, eight, 850 or so. So you can see it's quite a bit less. And so people are gravitated towards that. Keep in mind for this price range, you can easily buy a home with as low as 5% down, just to be mindful given that price range. Let's take a look at San Francisco. San Francisco figures residential has actually, you know, if you compare it with last week's, that was an incredible figure in July, but now it actually slowed down. So what we're seeing actually across the board is interesting. You're seeing that the summertime, we'll see what happens in the fall season, but the summertime has actually did some uh, minor declines. Now, we're not talking about anything crazy, probably talking about like three or 4%, but it does present some great opportunities for those that have been struggling, competing. Now, I suspect, as I mentioned, that the summertime will probably be relatively flat. Um, that's kind of how it usually is in the summertime. So it prevents some good opportunities for those that have been waiting or beyond the fence. But look at this, condos and townhomes, they have also had a, sm a small decline as well versus a June figure, a little bit higher than the previous month though. And let's wrap up with the last but not least, Contra Costa County. Contra Costa County, as you can see through the July figures, they have had a different story. So they had a, had a big run up for the last, um, for the last basically uh, six months or so. But you can see in the June, it already had a decline and then July continues to be that way. So May in Contra Costa County may have been one of the hottest times, hottest months that there was. I suspect that this will probably also continue to cool down slightly. I don't know if it'll decrease as much as it did from May to June. I think it'll be a small one, given what I see of the bids that we're making there. But once again, these are opportunities. So don't catch all these headline articles. The headline articles tend to be very delayed. This is a real-time article. This is a real-time in a sense. I mean, this itself is already a laggard. If you think about it, these are the results that come in when they when the contract is accepted, which is usually 30 days ago. So this is already somewhat of a laggard, but it's a lot more relevant information than you would find from uh, news articles because those tend to be months, if not quarters behind. So I hope you find this helpful, but this gives you a sense as to what is happening across all counties in the Bay Area week by week. Well, if you found this video helpful, be sure to hit that like button, hit subscribe, and share this with your friends. Everybody needs to understand, especially if they're in the home buying or selling market, to understand what is actually happening. Don't, you know, I, I comment about the headline article so that you can understand what I think from my perspective of being a realtor that does, you know, so far we've helped about 36 families this year buy, a sell, buy and sell a house. And so the data absolutely matters. It helps level set and normalizes what you can expect. But this is what it is right now. I think it's starting to see like it is cooling off. Now, just to be clear, cooling off does not mean like we're tanking or anything like that. I think we have less buyers for sure. But the less buyers are because some people have given up. So that's one aspect. They have given up or they end up you know, buying a house, of course. So they're no longer in the market. So something to be mindful of. But of course, if you or anyone you know has any questions or thoughts, please feel free to reach out. I would love to help you and represent you as a buyer or a seller's agent. And we can go from there. Hope you enjoyed the weekend and I'll see you at the next one. Bye now. Thank you so much for making it to the very end of my podcast. If you are tired of renting in the Bay Area, are a homeowner looking to do a trade up for a bigger home, 
or are a real estate investor, I would love to connect. Click on the Calendly link and let's set up a time to talk. It's never too early to talk about options and to work out a game plan. I also do have an email newsletter, so sign up on the link in the show notes, or you're welcome to watch all of my content on YouTube. See you at the next one.